the one for me that's allowed me to not see all of my quote unquote negative emotions as a problem that I'm supposed to get rid of, that they're not supposed to be there. They're part of the whole experience. The two, they all balance each other out. When I'm in that quote unquote negative space, that that place where it doesn't always feel good to be there. But here's the other thing. Let's just talk about sadness, right? It doesn't feel good to be sad, but the only way that I've ever really, really released my sadness was to experience it, right? If I cry it, I, I can cry it. I can hold it. I could refuse to cry. I could attach to it. But if I literally, and it's a physical experience for me where I cry and I go, okay, I really let that go. I mean, five minutes later, I might be laughing, you know, an hour later, I might be, I might not, you know, it might, sometimes it's taken me years Like I've had years of sadness and that's okay. If I keep coming back home, if I continuously do it without expecting an outcome detached from that, eventually I'm going to find joy and be like, oh, I'm back. I'm here. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. You just say the most profound stuff ever. And you're like, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Because I don't. I mean, I really don't. I mean, this is just like what I'm trying to figure out. Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations. My own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything. And all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora. I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist. And I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy. And let's talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Today on the show, the conversation I had with our special guest made me so happy. Um, I sat down with my yoga instructor, Melanie Hale, um, and I hadn't had an at-length conversation with her like this before, and I was so happy to be in that space with her. She is the reason why I actually give a shit about yoga now. <laughs> like she, she really connected the dots for me in a profound way. Um, let me read a little bit about her from her own about page on her website. Uh, and then I'll give you a little more background info. Um, so it says, I am a certified yoga instructor with a BA in psychology and master of arts in public administration. I am an explorer of movement, explorer of mind and of heart. I help people feel at home in their own skin, in their hearts, in their minds, and in their own way. I believe that we are all in the process of transformation. I'm committed to channeling transformation for myself and for others. I've dedicated my career to providing providing social services to others because I believe that we must work together to care for each other and love each other. Over the years, I've also learned that movement is a crucial part of self-discovery, and I want to share that experience with you. So... Melanie's class is where I came up with the title photo yoga, 
for our weekly um, free co-working connection space. And really it was this experience that I would have over and over in her class where as she was teaching the movement, she would always be certain to say, maybe you do this. And I wonder if that, and maybe that doesn't feel good for you. And how about this? So everything that she teaches is always a suggestion and an invitation inward back into your presence, into your body, into what feels good for you. And um, throughout class, she's always linking what we're physically doing with uh, real life experiences and vulnerably sharing. And she's such an inspiration to me. And truly, uh, I go <laughs> with my partner's mother on uh, on Sundays. And, and I always feel, we say that we have our we go to church on Sundays when we go to Melanie's class. It just feels like a spiritual experience. And uh, I feel so lucky to be so close to where uh, a studio where she teaches. She teaches at Harmony Yoga in, um, in Ohio. So without further ado, I will give you our conversation. We just touched on all the things, all the good stuff. Uh, I invite you to take a look at the links that I provided in the show notes for Melanie. If you want to lean more into her world, she actually has uh, a retreat coming up um, that she's hosting. So if you're looking for some, some physical space and a, a treat for yourself, maybe check out her retreat that she's hosting um, soon. And before I head out, I am doing a last call, a last call for uh, free sacred vision discovery sessions. I am just finishing up my NLP certification and I was celebrating with this free gift for anyone that wanted to partake. And um, I'm going to be closing it out soon because I am launching my brand new program for photographic artists. And I want to make sure that I have plenty of time to dedicate and focus uh, to those students. So if you're interested in a sacred vision discovery session, go ahead and click on the, uh, the link in the show notes and schedule that. Uh, how it works is it's a two-part Zoom call. And the first part is a lot of me deeply listening to you. It's whatever topic that you're craving support with um, that's really present for you in the season of your life. And then I strategize a breakthrough session uh, complete with various processes that I and techniques that I've learned throughout the certification. I've had the privilege to do um, a good few of these now, and it is such a intimate space of connection. And oftentimes the feedback I'll get was that even before the breakthrough session, even before doing any deep, deep work around it, just having the space and the time to articulate these things that are so deeply ingrained in our hearts and our minds um, externally is a huge shift and a huge breakthrough in your own vision of what's going on for you. So um, that's my favorite part about this work. It's super empowering and always infers your own authority to what's going on in your life. Again, if that intrigues you, go ahead to the link in the show notes and book your session before I take the link away. <laughs> Okie dokie. Oh, and if you are a photographic artist and you want to be in the know about my course that's coming out in the next few weeks, then I would sign up for the wait list for that as well. So you can be sure to get that email. All right, that's it. Without further ado, 
the magnificent Melanie Hale. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I love it. I love my back cave. I don't, I hang out in my basement a lot. Nice. <laughs> you have your own back cave? My own bat cave. I love that. It's the only way I have even a sliver of a chance at focusing on anything. Yeah. You know, children and life and just anything. Daylight. <laughs> I've been so looking forward to this. It feels so funny because I'm like, yeah, I mean, this are going to be our first like real conversation. I'm like, I feel yeah. like your voice is so intimate in my mind that it doesn't feel oh. like the first conversation. conversation. That's such a compliment. Thank oh, you. Yeah. I am. Um, so I just, I, we, we record from the start. So we're recording. I usually do a yeah. little intro yeah, yeah. Um, by myself, like of your bio, whatever you want to send over before. So we don't need to, you know, get, get into all that. We can just jump into the deep, dark chocolate. Okay. I like dark chocolate. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start this with just one, I had to paint the picture because really, truly you for you are the reason why yoga finally clicked for me. I think before this, I, it was just, it was another thing I was trying to do for wellness. You know, Mm -hmm. it was very clinical and Mm -hmm. you were, I was like, Oh, this is what it is. Like literally to the point where (laughs) sometimes if I'm like, I have the the hankering to go and I look and it's not you. I'm like, "Eh." sometimes Mm -hmm. I just don't go. <laughs> yeah, but like the what is resonating for me about that is this idea that our wellness is somewhere outside of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like we have to go somewhere outside of us to find it. Yes. Which is I've been there and I so I can completely relate to what you're saying. It's like in search of the holy grail right which is yeah. it yoga is it you know some other what where is it and i think for me what i have to keep coming back to is that it's in my choices mm-hmm. that's where the wellness is and not being ashamed or afraid or I don't know, um, upset with myself because I make a choice that may not be in this direction, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that it can be all of the things, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, it felt like to me for so long, a means to an end, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Where am I going? Destination here. Where am I getting? (laughs) And then also. I'm not there. I'm not there. It can't be now. It can't be right here, right now. It has to be somewhere in the future because I'm not content. I'm not happy. I'm not well. I'm not. It's like a, it's a, it comes from this. And I think it's a societal way of telling us we're broken, (laughs) you know, like, and I don't know if it's purposeful, but we keep hearing like, to be whole, you need to be that. To be whole, you need to be this. And mm-hmm. if if we don't recognize, well, maybe I need a little bit of that. It's like a recipe. Mm-hmm. I love to cook. I'm going to put this much cinnamon and this much. But you might not like cinnamon. So does that mean you're not well or you're not 
creating your own wellness because you don't like as much cinnamon as me. I don't know. You know, that's just what's coming up for me. But I, I think that before it kind of clicked in this way, like after yoga, I feel like a lot of the time I was looking, like, as you were saying, like in search of the Holy Grail, like I was looking for uh, the thing and guess it like, and, but the, the journey of finding the thing, it was like, oh, surely this is either, uh, I'm either getting it right or wrong. It wasn't, <laughs> like, I, it was just like, oh, this is yeah. it, like, I was doing, doing it wrong. wrong. Yeah. It felt like whatever I chose, I was either internally choosing right or wrong. Like it wasn't like, it was weird. It wasn't like glorifying the medium or the whatever, but I was feeling like whatever I was trying, it was either the thing or it wasn't. Mm. Yeah. And it feels so good when it's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you find the thing. Yeah. But then you can never stay in that thing, right? That's reality. Reality is always changing. At least our reality is always changing. And so if I find the thing and I attach to that thing, but that thing's going to change because that's the nature of things. Now I'm attached to something that is not permanent. Mm-hmm. And now I'm suffering because I attached to that thing, you know, when, when it's the awesome thing. I think that the, it's, it's funny because I would even, I would even say that as much as I, I love it now, I still don't feel like yoga is my thing. Like, I don't feel like it's this euphoric experience every time, but like what I'm addicted to is now the inevitable, um, parallels and threads that I'm able to find throughout the practice because of you, because you are so great at like integrating and making it real and bringing the practice as we're doing it to like real life as you're doing it. Like, is that something that you always did? Is that something that just came to you? Like your style that you developed, like how did you get to the space now um, where you're able to lead a class and simultaneously like weave in how it relates to like real life? Well, I was taught it absolutely 100% taught how to do that from my original teachers and my teacher training, you know, which was eons ago and, you know, took me uh, a year to complete. That's how intense it was, you know, so I took it seriously from the beginning, but I also think it took practice more importantly and courage because, you know, telling someone to go into um, a side plank, if, you know, that's great. And giving them cues about their body is really fun. And when they get embodied, that's amazing. I love all of those things, but you know, my background is a little bit mental health-ish. And so for me, yoga was always about like the full body, mind, spirit connection. And so if a class gets me really into my physical body, I love it. But when it gets me into a space where the mental chatter slows down and then I can feel my heart and then I can go, oh, this is why I'm doing this because energetically it literally releases something that I was holding on to or it brings something new in that I needed. And then I can take that into my hard conversation with 
um, you know, my spouse or my hard conversation with my parents or a tough day at work, if I can bring the breathing, the connection, the, all of that into the rest of my life, then to me, that's what yoga is, right? Because we only practice one, you know, we practice asana and there's eight limbs of yoga, you know, and, and most of our studios teach mostly asana, which is beautiful and, and lovely. But I always wanted more than that. And so I had to find the courage to teach more than that. And that was the hardest part is the courage. (laughs) What are the other limbs? I have no idea about this. Like, what is it? What is that about? Oh, my gosh. So you're going to put me on the spot and I'm going to have to try to remember them all. Oh, you could generalize. (laughs) No one will know if you're wrong. Pranayama, pranayahara. Like there's so there's breath, there's movement, there's um. There's so much to it that, like, again, we don't all always practice. And so even just the breath work that you might see in some practices or some classes in the beginning of the class, and then again at the end of the class or throughout the class, right? You can weave breath um, into pranayama, into the whole class, or you can have breath practices, right, where you're just breathing and meditating. Uh, so, you know, some classes are, are interweaving all of that and, and some aren't. So the niyamas and niyamas are all of like these moral constructs that are about yoga. So there's, I mean, you can take such a deep dive into it and I don't even understand it all, right? It's like a, a constant learning and a constant knowing at the same time, I don't, that might not make sense, but like to have the courage to weave, like you're talking about my themes into my class, that means I have to be willing to share what I know and not worry about if everyone gets it or they don't get it. Um, or if they like it or don't like it, that's the hard part, right? When, cause you create, you create all the time, right? So you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we're willing to create something that is unique to us, our self-expression, and it's partially knowing and it's partially the unknown because we're going to go try something new. We're going to do it different because we're creating and you have to be willing to let go of the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing of, to allow people to have their own experience of your truth. And it's so fucking scary. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, even now, like I've been, and I feel like I've been doing this for so long. Like I find myself, there's like this filtration system, very sophisticated filtration system that comes in the front of my mind. That's like, okay, this is what I truly believe. But is there a way that I can say this that won't hurt someone's feelings or offend them or trigger them or whatever? And it's like, how do I say this? There's like a, like, there's a nobility in it. Like there is a, like a well-intentioned in it. But then by the time it passes through that, it's lost. It's like, it's lost. Like the thing that made you feel like for it. So, um, I think there's, Yes. And I think that there's something to be said for like wanting to make sure that what you're putting out isn't something that triggers someone or whatever. But then there's that line, right? If you, if you filter yourself so much to be so, um, 
no one can object to this or no one could possibly get hurt by this. Then you're also not saying anything that anyone could cling to and be like, oh, yes, finally mm-hmm. someone said it. Or like, I feel like I'm seen through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's watered down. Yeah. You know, so watered down that. Um, and I think that as a society, we we go through cycles and, you know, this word triggered being triggered is such it's it's almost like popularizing something that is so we've got trauma that people experience and we have mental health symptoms around trauma and then we have people going around going well I'm triggered that triggered me this triggered me and it's popularizing something that's it's bigger than that right and so we have to recognize a couple of things in my opinion one is that if I'm triggered, right, I'm responsible for responding to my trigger, right? Because we're th- there's this belief that we mirror each other, right? So if I'm really triggered by you, it's really something going on inside me that is creating this trigger. And I don't have control over what other people say and do. I never have. I never will. I can only control my feelings, what I say and what I do. And so if I get triggered by somebody else because they say something that isn't filtered through all the filters that you just talked about, and I'm truly triggered, the only solution for me is to sit with myself, right? To meditate on why am I so triggered by that? What's going on for me with that? It may be completely inappropriate what that person said. It might have been mean. It might have been hurtful. It might have even been hateful. It could have been criminal, right? And all of those things exist. And how do I take care of me in this world? You know, and I don't know, that's that's a hard place to get to in our society, like personal responsibility for our wellness whatever that looks like for us. And it might be yoga for you. It might be meditation for someone else. It might be bike riding, right? It might be jamming out to tunes in your car with the windows down. I I think that, that exactly, like, that's the most succinct way I've ever heard it. Like in a broad societal way, like I think that biggest and right down to the person, the biggest struggle is being able to say and instead of or it's not this or that it's yes that was fucked up and 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 (laughs) I deliberately say that so often to myself and to others to remind myself like half of the stuff that I speak is really just me reminding myself while I'm in a room with a bunch of people It's an and, Melanie, it's not an or. Because when I'm in judgment, when I'm in that space of like, I'm right, you're wrong. (laughs) I'm right, you're wrong. My way or not that way. How could you do that? That's all me being in this space of judgment because I'm saying an or versus an and. And (laughs) doing that in front of a room, that's where the courage part comes up, right? Like I... You know, so I think that in the the way that I've experienced this and struggled with this, as I'm now owning like the teaching side of my practice and like opening programs and stuff like this, it's that 
it's so funny because I have such, and, and this is when I think of you, I think of the word embodiment, like that's where, and that's why I feel so connected to you. I have such embodiment in my practice when I'm photographing people and it just, and I know there is nothing that I know more truly besides, and it's an, and my love for my children or whatever in this practice. So it's, the most in integrity thing for me to do to teach on it because I really want to. But then there's this level of like, but I know, like, I know, like, I know that all I want to do is connect people to their truth and their embodiment. And I need to really ensure that I'm doing it in a way that like, whatever I suggest is a suggestion, like in class, you suggest, you suggest, you suggest. And there's also the element that you touched on of like, I need to tell myself this. It's like, I am never more present and at peace, truly, no matter what, even snuggling about with my kids, not as present, not as at peace as I am documenting a family. Mm. I'm not in my own stuff. Like I'm not, I don't have any of the noise. It is the most present I can ever be. So when I'm doing that and I have, I feel like I always say I have the answers to the fucking universe when I'm photographing (laughs) someone, I just feel like I truly believe everything's okay. Whatever happens is perfect. I don't care what happens with the light. If someone's crying, if someone's pissed off, it doesn't matter. I am totally present. Why am I? I feel like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at home. I'm back to the case. I'm like, you know, and I, I have these moments where the stars align and there's like an infusement of like that knowing that I have in my practice that I can bring in my life. And it does help enrich my life, but I am not fully embodied all the time in my life with the who I am when I have a camera. But who is though, right? Like maybe that's the unrealistic expectation that we put on ourselves is that, so I'm, uh, you find what I would call the flow state, right? This is your, you're in creative flow, which for almost everybody, that is the preferred state, <laughs> you know, like, can I just always be in flow? This feels so good. But everything is impermanent. So you can't always be in flow. So what I I think tends to happen for a lot of people, including myself, is that I'm, I'm my most vulnerable self with my family, which means that I'm going to be more hurtful toward them, more less present with them. I'm going to stumble through being mom, being you know, wife, being partner, being, you know, friend, like I might fumble through because I've chosen these people to feel that vulnerable with. And so when it's time to let my guard down, when it, when I'm, um, my nervous system is on fire over extended, they're the people that I feel safe with. And this isn't for everybody because not everybody feels safe with their family, but Um, you know, so I think part of it is that, you know, what we project outside in the world or when we're in flow might sometimes look and feel different than it does when we're at home and we're being our most vulnerable, not always put together, not always in flow, not knowing what next self is. So I don't know. I think it's okay to be that way. Yeah, I think that in my that something that I have found to be true is that um, I, I like that you said the preferred state because I think it is my preferred version. But I really do believe that 
right now, I think that presence is something that's a hot topic that's being like glorified, which of course, um, but also there are varied levels and different kinds of feeling of presence that I find. Like, I think that, you know, especially I, I believe that you don't have to choose between being present or taking a photo. I think photo- photography is an active form of meditation. And in, in fact, I think it's this like a wonderful, weird, um, easy way to get in touch with your subconscious and to be able to like mm-hmm. witness what you witnessed and like sit in your seat of self. And um, I think that there taking the picture is not the point. I don't think that there is, you know, if you choose not to take a picture, I don't think that means that you're more present in that moment. I just think it's like your flavor. So I, so I, I really appreciate that reminder of like, it it may be your preference, but it doesn't mean that you aren't that. And I think that that comes up a lot when I'm, you know, embarking on this, it's just like, well, who am I to teach on this when it's something that I struggle with? And I, it's such a, forefront I have not at all surpassed it but I think that those are the best people to teach because they are so committed it's like no like I'm committed to keeping this conversation a conversation in the forefront of my mind but sometimes it can really feel like an imposter syndrome situation where like who am I to be teaching on this (laughs) yeah I feel I, I mean I've been teaching yoga for a long time and I still feel imposter syndrome you know, I also like I work in this uh, realm of child welfare and, and I work with a, a, a lot of caseworkers and supervisors and I'm training them and I'm teaching them and I'm talking a lot. And even there, sometimes it's it's probably a wound that I have. It's a way that I learned to uh, cope as a child for myself. So um, if I do this, they will love me. Right. If I'm like this, they will accept me. If I do things for them, you know, they they will um, enjoy my company or whatever. Uh, And, you know, part of growing up, we 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 have to go through socialization. And so we're learning this relationships are everything right to me relationship is what life is all about and learning how to navigate in relationships and feel safe in relationships is a lifelong process because we all come with this whole experience that is unique to us each one of us we might have similarities in our childhood we might have you know, commonalities, but my experience is different than yours. And so I'm coming into world and I'm relating in the world through the lens of how I have, how I continuously heal myself, right? And how I continuously show up until, and this is where I'm headed, which I think is pretty cool. You just are being, right? You're you're not doing the healing anymore. You're not searching outside of yourself. You're just going, well, how do I feel? I don't feel good right now. I don't feel safe right now. I need to rest. I need to to sleep. I need to eat. Like you're you're responding to your sensations in a way that you're human being all the time, and you don't have to go outside and fix yourself because you allowed yourself to get pulled out in every direction. And now you're like, wait a minute, where am I? I'm so lost. And then you're like, I need to go to my yoga mat, (laughs) you know, which is good. I want you to go to your yoga mat or wherever, but 
Like, what if we as a society can get to a place where we don't glamorize overachieving and we allow people to choose less and more going and not going, doing and not doing so that we don't feel like we're being pulled apart, that we stay centered. Yeah. Being able to witness ourselves like in a seat of neutrality and, and, mm. and then act accordingly, you know, it's making me think about only in the last uh, year and a half or so, two years, whatever it was. Have, have you heard of HSP? It's like highly sensitive person. Something. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't understand what that was. And it was one of those moments where I like heard about it. I'm like, haha, you know, totally probably me. I started reading the checklist and I was like, Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, oh no, this is way deeper than I realized. And, but like in that journey of like just coming to know myself more, and I read the, the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, and I was like, oh my God. Like I used to, it's helped me even with like my panic attacks because I used to, like if I was in a restaurant, this is the example I used, like with my best friend and it's yummy food. And all of a sudden I'm like, I feel uneasy. Why do I feel uneasy? I'm with the person I'm most comfortable with in the world. This food's delicious. It's pretty. What, no, what's wrong with me? I can't, I'm not breathing right. And then I would spiral. But now, because I know a little bit more, I just know more about my nervous system and what to expect from myself. I'm like, oh, the lights are fluorescent in here. It's a little loud. And even if I don't leave in that instant, like just knowing that, I know how, what resources I need to bring myself back to that home base feeling of feel okay. But like, it's not, it's not this emergency anymore, just because I've come to understand what are the things that are impacting me and I can just decide whatever I want to do. Yeah. And how you're going to take care of yourself because you're highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of that whole uh, idea of like literally taking your shoes off and putting your feet on the ground. Like there's a reason why we are electromagnetic beings. If we are in front of computer screens, we're in front of TVs, we're driving in cars that have computers. We are, our electrical system is, it's like overacting. Well, the, the biggest grounding thing that we have is, planet earth. And yet we, we hardly ever do that. Like literally just sit barefoot or put a blanket. Like I, I on a daily basis in the summer, not so much in the winter, but I'm going to put a blanket on or lay in the grass or sit in the grass. Because what happens for me is that all of the anxiety, all of that, like, it's almost like, I don't know how to say it. It just feels like my whole body is doing this. And I don't know why. And I really can't stop it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask the earth to stop it for me. I don't have to do anything but sit there and it will literally ground me in in space. And grounding is what is going to get me out of that anxious state because it's an, it's almost like an opposing energy. You know, if you got busy, you know, what's the opposite of that? Whew. Like right now, as we're speaking, I've got, you know, this right here in my hand, it's hematite. Why do I have it? Because it's grounding me, you know, 
I'm not, I don't do podcasts all the time. Maybe I'm a little nervous. Maybe my energy is like, hmm, what should I expect from this? We've not done this. This is our first, like our first intimate chat is via podcast, right? So like, I, I need a little support. So I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help myself feel comfortable. And, you know, I don't really care what anybody else thinks about that anymore. Uh, if you want to join me, I'll show you and I'll tell you about it. And if you think I'm strange or it doesn't make sense, that's okay too. You know, because your route is your route. Your path is your path. It's not right or wrong. It's an and, right? <laughs> Relating is an and, I guess. I think and has to be part of the title of this, of this, um, mm. we figured out. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, even just the holding of the stone, it just reminds you of your humanness. It's like, uh, it may, it reminds me of, um, one of the most important things that I find, like if I was giving anyone advice for photographing a family or whatever, it's to not, it's to be, be, uh, let yourself be okay being a human and not the photographer. Right. You don't, you don't need to be prepared and you don't need to consider yourself the one that should have all the answers because mm-hmm. when you come in someone and like, to witness them with your ideas of what will look best, you're missing everything, yeah. everything. And you're changing the energy. Of and it. you're changing the energy. And like, yeah, it is not, when I go to photograph someone, I am not looking for them to perform for me. I am looking to as humbly and as naturally integrate into their normal as possible. You know, it's, it's funny. My, my sessions are two hours plus people are like, Oh, my kids can't last for that long. Well, I'm like, no, yes, they can. In fact, like it turns into their show. Like you follow their lead. You don't try to put them into your own formula. It is not about like how long they will last. You know, if anything, I hope that that, you know, filter drops as quickly as possible (laughs) as they show me their like little dirt pile of worms or whatever. Like when I first get there, (laughs) like let them it's, it goes back to human being. I'm not trying to catch you doing something, right? I'm not trying to catch this doing moment, this perfect moment. I'm, I'm trying to experience or even, I don't know what the word would be, but it's like, you're trying to be present with them as their human being. You know, it's like, you're just trying to be present with them. Yeah, that's super cool. And what I love so much, and ooh, that just, this just happened, is that I'm so, I truly, I feel like it sounds corny or cheesy, but I feel honored, like goosebumps honored if someone invites me to document them. Like, it is not, like, I do not take that for granted. I feel like it's, it's so sacred and it's also like, gives me the opportunity to be reminded. Like I go there to, and I do that to be reminded of everything I need. And it reminds me of what you say at the end of class. Like, thank you for showing up because when you take care of me, it reminds me mm-hmm. to take care of myself. Right. So is that what happens for you? Like, can you talk a little bit about teaching and how, like what you've learned through your teaching practice and just about you doing yoga on your own or you taking a class? Like what's mm-hmm. different about that than when you are leading a class? Talk a little bit about the teaching process. Well, I have to think about it for a moment. A couple of things are very different. One, I think um, when I'm teaching, it's not just my energy. 
that, you know, like when you, one of the things I say is, you know, get present on your mat. It's you, your breast, your mat. Try to let all of the external stuff go. And, and to me, that's beginning the meditation, right? Going inward is the solution to a lot of our problems because in going in, there's a pause. And in a pause, when we pause enough, right, we slow down enough, it's it's almost like a time warp, right? This time warp happens, and then all of a sudden, the best idea in the world will into your head, you know? The solution to your problem, and it's like it just appears. You don't even have to go searching for it, and it's all because you chose to slow down and to get out of the rat race, you know, whatever that rat race is. It's like, you can't spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. You're going to just crash eventually. And so when I start a class, I'm, when I'm on my mat by myself, I'm, I know to do that for myself, right? I, whether the instructor tells me or not, I just start going, whoo. Get into your body, your space, your breath. Don't worry about the rest of the room. Now, the ego pops up and I'm like, oh, they can do that. Maybe I can do that, you know, and and I get out of my head and then I get back into my head and you're, yeah, I said that backwards, I think, but I get out looking at something, comparing myself to others, which it's a, it's a thing. You can do that. I can find a good pose and go, wow, I want to try that in my body. But ultimately, if I want to try it, I have to go, does that feel good to me? Does that seem too hard? Do I feel safe? Am I breathing? And that's really easy for me to do in my practice. But when I'm teaching, it's more about reminding everybody else in the room to do that. Sometimes I've got to center myself. Not sometimes. When I teach a good class, it's because I've centered myself when I'm centering the rest of the room. We're in it together, right? But my energy just can't be in on me when I'm teaching. Whereas when I'm the student, you know, I'm, I'm, it's all for me when I'm the student. And it should be. I think we all have to, like some people have been taught or believe that it's almost like being a martyr. You know, I am here, the people pleasing. That, that you brought up. It's like, I'm here to help everybody else. And then when they take care of themselves, it's almost like, well, I really don't have time to do this. I really shouldn't, you know, I could be doing other things. It's like this guilt trip that we give ourselves, those of us who are people pleasers. I mean, the narcissists, they're going, you know, they, they have to, it's like, they have to lean over into maybe I should do something for somebody else. But those people who are people pleasers have to like literally sit and choose themselves. And it takes a lot of work for them because it's not in their comfort zone. They feel better helping others. They've been taught that. They think that. They believe that. And sitting with yourself over time, you might begin to believe something different. Like, oh, this is better for me. And the icing on the cake is it's going to be, I'm going to be a better wife, a better partner, a better 
you know, photographer, whatever, because I choose me just as much as I choose, oh, my kids need this, my, you know, parents need that, whatever. I think that I use that. I think any, whatever, any way you got to enter the, that journey, sure. I think that I started this, like my wellness journey as a means to not repeat a cycle for my children. Mm. I don't want them to inherit things, things, this anxiety and this worry and the stress that I hold. Um, but it started for them, but now it is not any, I mean, of course I hope that's what I want that for as well, but it is now for, for me, like that is the brunt of it too. And, um, which I'm so grateful for, but I, what I find so fascinating as I'm in your class is that like, how many times I need that reminder, like a little, little kid, like a puppy, like, or maybe this doesn't feel good to you. Like, I remember before that I go to yoga class. I'm very like hyper flexible. Like I don't, it feels like I don't have, I don't know. I just, but there were times where I'd be in a pose and I'm like, in my mind, it was like, always go as deep as you can go. Even if I didn't feel it, I would just go as deep. And then there were, sometimes I'd be in something so deep it starts tingling. You go numb because I don't yeah. like. It's not you know. It, like it's not that I'm it's super athletic. It's just that that's just how it was built. I didn't work for that. Like that's just how it is. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't feel good anymore. It feels like my legs gonna fall off. Like, so you're like, yeah, maybe it. The point is not to go as far as you can go and to feel like to do anything. Maybe it's just finding that space wherever that is for you today. And I just, I, I have to laugh at myself, like, because, you know, you do it so many times and you think, well, I know better, but still you have to be reminded and reminded and reminded. And that's why we're all walking each other home, right? Is that if, if we are in space where there are other people who embrace all bodies, all experiences. And we talk in a way that says, Hey, try this, maybe this or that instead of you must do this. You have to. And sometimes they're not even saying it to me. It's just in my head. I've got to go all the way, you know? Um, and so that I didn't used to teach that way, to be completely honest. When I first started, I, I don't know that um, I knew that, but, you know, I, I'm on the continuous learning journey um, that, you know, you and I have talked about. We love learning. So and over the years, people kind of talked about, well, what about the hyper extenders and the very, very flexible people? And, you know, we're telling them to go into the deepest pose and that may not be good for their bodies. But yet that was almost like the standard uh, in yoga back in the day. And I think we've come a long way to realize that yoga doesn't have to be, you know, you, it, it's not just flexibility. It never has been, you know, but we popularize that as, oh, you want flexibility? Go to yoga. Well, not everybody needs more flexibility in certain parts of their bodies. They actually need more strength there. They need to do less. There are people that are coming to yoga and I'm like, you know, you might benefit from some strength training, you know, because they're, they're on this, you know, a spectrum. If you've got your most flexible over here and you've got your most bound up, you know, on the other end, and it's even more complicated than that, if you ask me, because 
I can, I can hyperflex in my, my knees, like my, you know, I have hyperflexion there or hyperextension, sorry. I can hyperextend in my legs, but yet there are other parts of my body that are really, really contracted. So I'm loosey goosey in one spot and, you know, hyper contracted in another, like I, you know, my, I get tensed up my shoulders, go, <laughs> you know, I got like this constant, constantly working with tension in the shoulders, trying to soften, trying to open my heart. Um, but yet I have super flexible hamstrings. Well, my hamstrings are kind of weak, really. So if it's wholeness that we're looking for, right, where do, where am I and where do I find balance? in my body, in my mind, in my work, in my life. Well, I got to find out where I'm out of balance. And what I, it trips me is that I'm like, oh, and I like, is there like that correlation between those physical symptoms and what you carry? Like it, how often do you find that? Because for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm loosey goosey everywhere, but like, I feel the same on my shoulders. I'm always like, this like I even I don't even realize I'm doing it it's like take your shoulders away from your ears and I'm so <laughs> tense I'm like care of course because I'm carrying the weight of the world because of, of course it's on my back that's where it is right, right? right. <laughs> it is like where I think it's what I find all these discoveries in your classes like when you mention stuff I'm like oh I'm like noticing that connection between what's going on in my mental world and my physical body and like where to draw those parallels and find those stories. Like, what do you feel to be the connection between the physical self and the, you know, mental? For me, the, one of the biggest help was learning about my chakras, right? Our energy centers, which I love that they coincide, you know, it's this very spiritual practice of finding your energy center centers, keeping them open. So like, let's just say we start with the root chakra, right? This is your safety place. So do I feel safe um, in my home? Do I have enough to eat? Do I feel safe in my community? Uh, you know, energetically that it's at the base of the spine, right? So there's literally a bunch of nerve ganglia right there you know, that scientifically coincides with what we call the, the root chakra in yoga, right? So we've got this, it's such a beautiful time to be alive because, you know, the talk about the chakras has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, but now we have this ability to actually connect it with like your um, nervous system and your hormonal system. You know, so you think about how, you know, the pineal gland and the pituitary gland and your uh, thyroid and your thymus and your kidneys and your ovaries or your testes, like these are all going up and down your spine. And so there's this idea that, you know, a, a chakra can be out of balance, right? And it could be out of, and if you think of it as they call it like an energy wheel that's spinning, right? And, and if this wheel isn't really spinning, you're going to have blockage because it's not spinning. And so you're going to feel really stuck. And maybe you're, you're even clenching because you don't feel safe. So you're holding on for dear life in your physical body. Meanwhile, your mental state is saying, I'm not safe. I don't feel safe. Oh, no, I don't feel safe. And so you feel this. It, it moves all the way up your spine, potentially. Right. So then part of the yoga practice is, OK, I'm holding on so tightly that this energetic wheel, if you will, 
isn't moving. It's not even, there's no energy flow. It's like if you had a dam built, you know, and the water can't go through down the river to the lake. It's just, there's a dam there, you know, it's not going. Well, if my energy is blocked here, it's going to impact everything else up my entire spine, right? So on one end, we have people that have blockages. And then on the other hand, We've got some people who are, it's like this chakra is so open, right? It's, it's almost excessively open. And, um, you know, it could be that they also don't feel safe. And so their response, though, is different. It's not to clench, right? It's to allow everything and everyone to take advantage of them, right? Because it, that, that would be like me just trying to, you know, on the fly, figure out a way to say that. So, you know, so you got some person who's not going to let anything in. They're tightened up so much. And then somebody else who is just letting everybody take advantage of them because they're trying to people please so much that they don't have any boundaries. You know, so it's like with the chakras, we've got to figure out where are we are. Do we feel energetically balanced? Or do we feel a little unsafe? And they, they have tons of stuff with that online. You can take quizzes online and figure out what chakras are blocked. Which, So, you know, for me, I guess to answer your, your question is, it is, a, there, we're not separate. Our mental state is not separate from our physical state. We are really, in my opinion, spiritual beings in a body experiencing a life for our own growth. And if that's what we really are, our mental state can't be separate from our physical body. It just can't be, you know? Um, And so I've actually had some more profound healing from doing physical work rather than doing like, you know, um, processing it mentally, if you will. Some of my biggest releases were lying on my mat versus, you know, thinking my way through it because I'm an overthinker. I don't know. Are you an overthinker? I'm sitting in a basement because I need all the blackness so that I can really think. <laughs> I'm the one that literally a quote that came out of my mouth. Uh, one time, the only time in my life, I've been with my partner for a long time and we broke up for a period of time and uh, during that crazy period of time I became a runner which if you know me you think that's preposterous <laughs> I don't like running but even then even then I remember being like can't run too fast because if I run too fast I can't think and I need to be thinking while I'm running I need to figure think while I'm running so it's more productive you know so yes I uh, yeah. feel that um but what I think is even when you said like something that came to me when you were like, well, do I feel energetically balanced? Do I feel, I don't, the vast majority of people don't ask themselves that question. I don't feel when I went to Sedona, um, I did this, um, couple hour retreat with this, um, amazing woman. And I just couldn't believe the, as we were laying there and she was talking us through like this meditation and visualization thing. Like, did I have to come this many hours away, drive in the car from the airport and to lay here on the floor to have this thought to myself? I think it's insane. I was like, I, I've gone this many years of my life and all I had to do is like give myself a 
fucking minute to like think of as very simple, like not to make it. And I mean, she's so wise, but like, you're so simple and it's right. so profound. And I feel like something that I have come to appreciate more than ever is, um, is, and how vital it is a space. Mm. And I think that's what these containers are like a yoga class, a photo session. Um, one time someone told me, uh, that I give permission for others to be present. And at first I rejected it. I was like, Oh, I can't give permission to anyone. Who am I? Like, I, mm. I was totally thinking about like rejecting the authority of that, but I'm like, no, creating a space for anyone to recenter themselves and shut out the noise of everything else that is creating permission and empowerment. Like when I, I photographed a retreat a couple of weekends ago in Maryland and I went there and I gave a little bit a talk and whatever about, because I was photographing them. So I wanted to really orient them in, in what I was there to do so that, you know, I could make myself clear in my intentions and blah, 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 blah. But what was com- the, one of the themes of the retreat was surrender. And what came mm-hmm. up for me is this idea that I think a lot of times people, you know, will go to a yoga class or go to a retreat and be like, yeah, I felt like this there, but that's not real life. That's not real life. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that is the point. Like, I think that that is real life. Like that is like your container where you're actually able to hear yourself. And then you go back home and be like, well, that was that. And this is that. Like, I think that bridging that gap of integration. I mean, like, well, if you could take this inner sanctuary that you tapped into in this space, like that is real life though, isn't it? You know, you were just able to hear yourself. Like what if we could take what happens to us in the yoga mat and, and then go back to life and be able to like, feel a little bit more resourced to, you know, use that in our life rather than be like, well, I can only feel peace there. And then now I'm home. (laughs) And, and that's going to take us straight back to the beginning of our conversation where it's outside of ourselves, right? It's outside of ourselves. That's part of the, the, the um, prevailing thought right now that disconnects people, right? And we stay disconnected because we believe and we choose to believe that, yeah, that was like vacation mode, right? Yeah, I can be that way because I'm I'm in a yoga retreat and I, I have this person speaking it to my ear. But the actual practice, right, is am I always coming back to myself over and over and over again? when I, when I need to. And so, so sometimes we come back to ourselves because we realize, oh man, I feel like crap. (laughs) I got to get, I got to get to the yoga mat, right? I got to get the heck. I got to go meditate. I'm, I'm way out of control. Right. But that's almost like you're too late. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, um, you know, the, it's already, you're already burnt. Okay. You, you made dinner. It's already burnt. And now you have to remake dinner, right? Oh, I better go remake dinner. What if we were paying enough attention to ourselves that we didn't wait until we got burned out and had to go to a yoga retreat, right? And then fix it, rebuild the whole thing, right? Rebake the dish, whatever, and then come back to just burn it again. What if we just said no, that part of my everyday is experience is slowing down, pausing, 
choosing my basement, my bat cave for five minutes, it does not take more than, than honestly two minutes, a minute to center yourself, but you have to know how to do it, right? You have to, you have to be able to say to yourself what I might say in a class. And I think that's part of the disconnect is people aren't saying it to themselves. They're like, well, Melanie says that Melanie knows it. I don't know anything. I'm, I don't, I'm not all wise. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I wish I was that great, but I'm not. I'm just following the chain of other people that um, are also trying to stay whole, right? And so they're helping me and I'm helping them and you're helping me and I'm helping you all try not to burn dinner. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, One more thing that I thought of that when you were talking about, um, you know, you, you, you started on a path to help your kids, to protect your kids, to, to um, change like a generational aspect of, um, you know, whatever it is, whether it's trauma, whether it's genetic, whether it's both. Uh, Part of what I believe is that actually the only way you can help others is by helping yourself. Insert other, kids, mother, father. So when I show up differently, I allow space for everybody else to uh, match my frequency, right? To, to, so if I show up with my kids anxious, my kids feel my anxiety, they get anxious. If I take care of myself and I get grounded and I show up with my kids grounded and I took the time for me, they already know that they have to ground themselves because mom grounds themselves. They learn from us taking care of ourselves that they can also take care of themselves. And, you know, I don't know how that got off kilter in our society, you know, but it, I think it, it, you know, it's, it, the pendulum swung over here into overdoing. And when we're overdoing, we can't be grounded. We can't be as calm and we can't take care of ourselves because our list is too long. And I'm here to say that the list is never going to get smaller unless you choose to not put so many things on your list. And I think that we are so, we're all so intuitive. We can like smell it on someone. (laughs) Like we can, like, I think that's why being in your space feels so good because there's such an honesty and a purity of that you cannot and an authenticity that you cannot fake. Like, and you cannot, and I think we all know in our deep, even if we're searching outside, I think in our deepest, deepest, deepest selves, we all know that we have the answer. So when you're around someone that feels at ease in themselves enough and that enough humility to say, I don't know, but like when I'm, when I'm taking pictures of someone, they're like, should we go here? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, I don't, I don't always feel like I have to be like, no, the light is approximately going to be over here. That's a, like, I used to feel so triggered about that. Like I should know. I should know what the light's going to do. And I should know where exactly they should stand to not have unflattering shadows on their face. And, and like, oh my God, it cuts you off from so much. But like the permission to not have it all figured out, being modeled by someone that's in a place of 
authority or leadership or whatever at the front of the class. It's so powerful when they themselves are like, I'm just suggesting this. How do you, how do you, you have to keep like putting the onus back on that person. Like, I'm just suggesting this. And then something that you said about by the time you come back to it, you're burnt. Reminds me of one of my coaches, Haley Carr. She says, she talks about slowing down to speed up and mm-hmm. how the strategy under the strategy means that we should be coming from ourselves, from our goals, not towards them. So it's not like the uh, walk on the beach, our, our cup of coffee in a cafe, reading a book. It's not a reward. That is we need that needs it to be on the front end so that everything we do is infused with this goodness that we know fills us up. So it's not like, oh, I'm too busy to go to yoga class this week. Maybe next week it's, oh, I'm too busy. I extra need to go to yoga to ensure that I'm well resourced to like show up as my best self, whatever that is, like myself that feels the best to me. Yeah. And we always are our best selves. Like, think about it. When I'm the um, most imperfect, you know, judgmental, you should do this. And why aren't they doing that? And don't they know better than this? That's my best self at that moment. That is honestly the best I can be. And what's nice about yoga is yoga kind of talks about your, your ego self and your higher self. When you get to a point where you can see your ego responding in judgment of other people, you know, when you can witness, right? We always talk about be the witness, be the witness. When you can witness yourself and you go, oh, wow, that was really judgmental. Like in my head, I'm saying this, oh, Melanie, like, who do you think you are? Back off a little. That was not, that's not a very nice thought. And I say to myself, oh, that's just my ego, you know, trying to protect me trying to keep me safe because judgment is really this uh, tool that we are using to try to save us somehow from being hurt in some way by some person or something or situation. And so I can say to my ego, oh, you know what? I don't need protected right now. I'm, I'm okay. I got this. I'm fine. I don't need, I don't need to be that judgmental about it. And then that that's when my shoulders soften. Right. So going back to is it, you know, it's not one or the other. It's this whole it's like my whole being is choosing to soften. To soften into life instead of bulldozing into it. And that's why the pause is so, so important, because I can't soften. I can't I can't allow, I can't hear the voice of my higher self saying to me, you know, that's kind of judgmental if I don't pause because the ego is leading the show the whole time. And so then there's, there's just, well, that's wrong. And this is wrong. And don't do that. And why not do this? And I got to do more of this. And here's my list. And why not? Why isn't it done? And that's no fun. It's not even, it doesn't even feel good. So wouldn't it just be so much better to slow down? to speed up. Right. (laughs) And it's the truth because I'm going to make a better choice. If I sit with it, I'm going to feel better about my choice. If I sat with it, I might even love my choice because I sat with it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Human beings. Aren't we funny little creatures? (laughs) We are. (laughs) We are. So odd. Like out of all of the other creatures on this planet, 
Like we're the only ones that don't seem to get that we're part of it all. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I don't think that the, the, uh, birds are going, you know, well, is my ego (laughs) in check? They're just enjoying flying, finding food where they find it, going, doing their thing. Oh no, we gotta, got to think it through. I will sit here until I have it figured out. There was actually a quote. Let me see if I can find it really fast. It gave me such relief. And of course, yesterday, and then of course today, I'm back on my shit. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) I was so zen yesterday about it. (laughs) It This like idea of like needing to figure out, needing to categorize ourselves, needing to um, whatever it is, Hold on, let me see. I know this. It's almost like compartmentalize. Compartmentalize, like organize my own thought. It's like, you know, it's it's so funny to me how figuring out HSP, like finding a label that made me feel understood, was such relief. Why and but why? Like why? Like when we like I think about like when I was pregnant, like finding out if it's normal to feel like that. I'm like, is it normal? Like what is normal? Most people feel that like, and that should put me at ease. I'm not most people. You know, I'm myself, like maybe my body does things differently. Um, So I just think it's so natural, but also feels so silly in a sense to like, to try to put yourself in that box. Like I've struggled so much with like trying to come up with curriculum over my, and organize my thoughts. I'm like, why do I still feel so confused? It's an and. (laughs) It's an and because I'm, that I'm making an or. Um whatever. I don't know. It was something about, I can't find it. Um, it was something I was thinking about why is it an and, and then it just, you know, like the thought went like that, but I don't know. I can't remember either, but I mean, why is it an and? That that's an and like why it was something right before the whole thing you said about, um, having to figure out the curriculum and all that, like the overthinking piece. Uh huh. I don't know though. It's gone. What are, what like the are, wind. Like the wind. Gone like my zen is gone. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um, it says, don't be afraid to be confused. Try to remain permanently confused. And anything is possible. Stay open forever. So open it hurts. And then open up some more until the day you die. World without end. Amen. George Saunders. So it's like, yeah, you just keep thinking about, well, if I have clarity, if I have clarity, I'll understand more of what I'm doing, but that's not the point. Like something that gave me such relief and I believe in it fully is that even as an artist, or I think we're all artists, it's just whatever is your way, your life is your art. Um, we're, it's a question. Like, what is your question? Life, like whatever we don't, we have put so much weight on like, what is my purpose? What is my why? What is my answer? But I think the most beautiful part is in everything we're doing, whatever our chosen modality is, it's just an everlasting attempt to answer a question. Maybe it's this, like, maybe I found it here. Maybe it looks like this. Maybe it looks like this, but it's, it's in continuing to answer the question, not to like find a sentence in your mind and like, I'm, I'm content that this is the answer. And now I can serve and speak from here. Like I have the answer. It's well, what is the question that you feel like you're in pursuit of that you'll never tire of. And that's what it feels like for me. Well, and even if you tire of it, there's a hundred million more subjects to learn about, right? So what was coming up while you were talking for me was this concept of 
Um, and it's a style of yoga called Tantra yoga. And everybody thinks it, you know, Tantra yoga is all about sex, but it's really about remembering and forgetting. So um, in a very um, simplistic way, the universe, um, you know, created this whole experience. And in this experience, we forget our Zen. We forget to experience the joy of remembering. If we always knew, if we always had it always figured out, everything was figured out all the time for us, we would as we wouldn't create. And the whole point of our experience and our existence is to create, right? And if we can be whole in ourselves, if we can feel whole, we can create beauty, love, joy, happiness, you know, all of the good things. When we're not feeling whole, we create some of the darker things like misery, anger, fear, frustration, you know, and those things are supposed to coexist, right? We have to have them all because when I'm in fear, I've forgotten my joy, right? If I'm always in my joy, I don't remember joy because it's the only thing that is. Right. It doesn't even feel good because it's just all that it is. So I bounce back over into fear. I forgot. Right. I forgot. Forgot joy. I'm in fear. Everything's I'm afraid of everything. I got it all figured out. And then all of a sudden I remember, oh, yeah, my whole point is to create, create my family, create my my photography sessions, create my yoga classes, create my um, beautiful garden, whatever it is, my um not burnt dinner, <laughs> right? I I remember, and then I'm back in joy. And I experienced joy and I loved it. It was a great, and then all of a sudden, whew, I go back. And so that philosophy of yoga is the one for me that's, that allowed me to not see all of my quote unquote negative emotions as a problem that I'm supposed to get rid of that they're not supposed to be there. They're part of the whole experience. The two, they all balance each other out. And I just loved that about that practice because then if I'm lucky, when I'm in that quote unquote negative space, that that place where it doesn't always feel good to be there. But here's the other thing. Let's just talk about sadness, right? It doesn't feel good to be sad, but the only way that I've ever really, really released my sadness was to experience it, right? If I cry it, I I can cry it. I can hold it. I could refuse to cry. I could attach to it. But if I literally, and it's a physical experience for me where I cry and I go, okay, I really let that go. I mean, five minutes later, I might be laughing, you know, an hour later, I might be, I might not, you know, it might, sometimes it's taken me years. Like I've had years of sadness and that's okay. But again, if I, if I keep coming back home eventually, and there's work to it, I'm not saying it's, there's not work to do on yourself, but if I continuously do it without expecting an outcome detached from that, Eventually, I'm going to find joy and be like, oh, I'm back. I'm here. Yay. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, you just say the most profound stuff ever. And you're like, yeah, but I don't know. 
Because I don't. I mean, I really don't. Oh. I mean, this is just like what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And it's like, you know, can't go over it. Can't go under it. Gotta go through it. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that is so true. Like that moment of like that aha moment of when you go from like the dark to the, Oh yeah, I remember that feeling is just part of it. It makes so much sense. And I think about, um, you know, how much there is to learn from the dark and how you, you couldn't see light if we didn't have dark, you couldn't see it, of course. Um, and that's what I think one of my main practices in when I'm photographing is that like the, to thrive in constraint, whatever you, whatever you go to, a, when you go to a session, like the things that you were traditionally taught about the way of photographs and like how people look best and whatever, there are some scenarios you could walk in and you want to poop your pants. Cause you're like, Oh no, how am I going to make a beautiful picture? But like, if you can look at that, the constraint and say, what is that giving me? you find the most, you discover, you're open to seeing something even more special and better than if you were given all of the, the light and all of the most ideal circumstances. Like one of my, my favorite photos I've ever taken were the ones where I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like it's <laughs> so dark. My camera's freaking out. It can't quite focus and it loses focus and it goes blurry. But for some reason, the blurry picture is the most beautiful thing I ever saw. You know, it's just, this constant allowance and oh my gosh, that feels like a really good place to wrap this. Like (laughs) allowing, allowing, allowing. And, and what else? There was one more thing that kept coming up. Allowing and, um, not, not like having the means to an end. Like it's not about outside of you. Yeah. It's inside. It's inside. Yeah. So, and inside and allowing and inside, inside and allowing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or allowing it to be inside, you know, allowing your inside, sitting with your inside, allowing. you know, all of it. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful for this conversation. Oh, I do. can't even tell you. Can you please share anything about yourself? I know you have some, some stuff going on in your website. I know you have a retreat coming up. Like, is there anything that you want to share? Uh, this will probably be posted on Wednesday. So it's, it's going to be current. Sure. Uh, currently what I have going on is there is the art of awakening retreat that my friend Jen and I are doing at Finley Lake in New York. It's just a couple hour drive from Cleveland. We rented this beautiful lakefront property with um, hiking, kayaks, canoes, and we're doing the elements. So we're, we're talking about how um, water, air, fire, earth, you know, spirit all connect and we're all part of that. And I think it's just going to be kind of a yoga, uh, beautiful, lovely food, uh, company, companionship, laughter, love, light, maybe a little bit of shadow stuff too, you know? (laughs) So we're looking forward to that. Other than that, I'm, you know, I'm teaching my yoga at Harmony and at a place in Chardon, uh, in Buntu Wellness. And uh, who knows what else is on the horizon? So much change coming up for me. So I'm kind of curious myself. You know, uh, well, to stay um, in Melanie's world, we're going to put in the show notes, we'll put your Instagram, or your website, whatever, whatever you want to put in there so that if you want more from Melanie, um, which yep. I always do, which is why I go to yoga, uh, <laughs> you can find her um, in the show notes at the link. Um, cool. uh, is there anything else, anything else that you feel like is left unsaid, anything else coming up or do you feel complete? <laughs> I feel whole. 
Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. Well, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast. 